0: Hey everybody out there, uh, this is Sam Maxwell with the Bedford & Sullivan Podcast, and, um, I'm coming at you, uh, recording this the night of Game 5 of the World Series, when the Texas Rangers may potentially win their first World Championship, but as I say it out loud, I probably just jinxed it, cause that's how it goes. Wait till next year, am I right? So anyway, um, I am coming at you uh, presenting a recording between Rob Barnes and uh, Gary Mintz. And Rob is a big Dodgers fan. He's been on the podcast plenty of times, as uh, Gary Mintz has been. But Gary comes from the New York Giants Preservation Society. He's the uh, proprietor of that spot. And uh, he comes from that side of the rivalry. And we've recorded this... A long time ago, when Texas was still facing Houston, Max Scherzer was, uh, uh, I think, making his debut, and I had some comments about it uh, during the podcast, but um, unfortunately, I had some technical difficulties, so I had to uh, pre-record instead, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to get this project on air until now, um, but I look forward to doing so, so without further ado let us go to myself, Rob Barnes, and Gary Mintz with the Bedford & Sullivan Podcast rivalry episode. Hello out there to all of you Brooklyn folk, and in this uh, particular case, uh, Upper Manhattan folk and beyond. And welcome to an edition, a fall edition of uh, the Bedford & Sullivan Podcast. It's been a long time since we have been on here, and uh, I almost said we are live with the Bedford & Sullivan Podcast from... Blackbush Brooklyn but that wouldn't be accurate we are not live for this uh, episode and I have to thank one of my guests for that and we'll get to that in in a moment but without further ado um, let me bring on my guests to represent uh, both sides of the Dodgers Giants rivalry which I thought was a good place to kind of begin the podcast again after months uh, since we were we were on air Um, just to kind of get a rundown as to where the rivalry is uh, uh, currently as well as within what just happened in a historical perspective. So without further ado, uh, let me introduce uh, uh, the Dodger side of things and the gentleman who is helping us Zoom record tonight, Robert Barnes. How you doing, Rob?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me on tonight. As always, every time I'm on, I'm always humbled and honored to be able to help you in any way, shape, or form that I possibly can uh historically you know historically is always good to look back at the Dodgers Giants rivalry it's one that's been going on obviously for over 100 years we all know it. we'll get into it big tonight in the short term I wish the Dodgers could pitch
2: the Los Angeles variety
0: <laughs> yeah and we will certainly get uh into the weeds regarding both of your seasons which are, I think are interesting uh individually unto themselves so um without further ado Uh, He is the uh, uh, co-founder of the New York Giants Preservation Society and the proprietor currently. Uh, And um, if you haven't seen the New York Giants Preservation Society, it it is celebrating the history uh, of the New York baseball Giants uh, as well in many ways as uh, continuing the lineage uh, from a San Francisco perspective. So Gary Mintz, welcome to the Bedford and Sullivan podcast as always.
2: Robert and Sam, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Uh, we've spoken many a time on on your wonderful podcast before. Um, look, looking very much forward to tonight's festivities. You know, we so, we, do, we yeah. do a lot
0: of zooms, and it's
2: it's nice <laughs> not to have to run one if you
0: know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we will certainly have some shameless plugs. Get everybody uh, uh to where both of you can uh, can. Uh, you know, are online celebrating these two historical teams. So, um, Gary, not to be insulting to the Giants, but of course, this is a Brooklyn podcast, so I got to start with the Dodgers rundown. And um, I, I'm, I'm basically, I guess, here's here's where I will start, Robert. Not only would I like you to lay out your Dodgers season for the audience uh, who wasn't, who weren't in the weeds with you, Um, but also uh, end it with your perspective on how the Giants went, and then I'll ask Gary the same from his perspective.
1: Okay, you mean current
0: as in 2023, correct? So it's, yeah, 2023, the season of the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, the rivalry uh, of uh, the Dodgers-Giants, and how your perspective is on uh, uh, the Giants season.
1: Fabulous. Okay, so... From my perspective of the of the Los Angeles Dodgers for 2023, this was supposed to be the year of a quote unquote rebuild, because for years they've been over the luxury tax, and every year as it goes along further and further, you are taxed uh, incrementally, incrementally more. So everything I read and everything I was hearing in my you know in my day day to day listening to podcasts, reading on the internet, reading whatever. That this was supposed to be the year that they backed the salaries down in order to get under that magical number, what it is, it's 200 and some odd million, which is an insane amount of money for anybody to think about in, 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 in any way, shape or form. So going into April, coming out of spring training, everybody was like, okay, 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 so we don't make the playoffs, so, we don't, so we're not going to make a World Series run, and everybody's cool with it. Then they started getting hot, and and as far as the division goes, Arizona jumped out of the gate and was really hot right in the beginning. Dodgers get hot in June. Everybody starts drinking the the blue Kool-Aid and goes, wait a minute, this team's really good. They make a couple moves at the deadline. They pick up Lance Lynn, who is supposed to be a workhorse because the pitches are dropping like flies, and therefore – everybody's going, okay, it's going to be great. So we get to August, and we've got this incredible lead in the division where, where, where your Giants, Gary, are, are, are a player in the division. For a while, they're hanging out in the wild, card, the wild card arena, but, you know, the Dodgers are pulling away, and the Dodgers are coasting. And then, of course, they get the, what I believe is now the dread. They get the bye the, the, the throughout the division, the, the wild card series. So they sit for a week. This year they said, oh, we're going to run simulation games at Dodger Stadium against AAA guys or whatever. They allegedly did, and they still came out and basically were like, have you ever guys ever played baseball before? You know how this game works? You're supposed to hit the ball and throw the ball past the other guys, and apparently they didn't know it, and they lost in
0: three. So it's interesting the way you started. Uh, before I go to Gary, it's interesting the way you started as to kind of the the expectations at the beginning of the season were that it's time to take a step back. So would this season, I I think obviously the answer is yes in many fashions. So it's kind of rhetorical, but the season would obviously be viewed in a different, uh, uh, through a different spectrum. If it weren't the cherry on top of this divisional run that has generally resulted in uh, a disappointment by the end, including in the World Series, with only the COVID World Series to show for it. Yes, obviously, because we've gotten spoiled, let's face it, right?
1: 2013, from 2013 on, every year other than what? 2021, when your Giants, Gary, smoked us and smoked everybody every year we've been division winners and it's been like okay this is expected you know why are we playing 162 games let's just get to october yes the entire fan base is spoiled and in this 21st century world we live in where everybody is a critic online and everybody is fire the manager fire the general manager you know i'm part of it as well you know we're we're
0: spoiled and we want to win and we want to win in october Well, there you go. And and unfortunately, Gary, for your Giants, uh, you did not make October. And of course, that resulted in the uh, letting go of your manager, Gabe Kapler. So, uh, reverse question for you. uh, From the Giants perspective, the 2023 San Francisco Giants, the Dodgers-Giants rivalry, and your perception on the Dodgers season.
2: Uh, I'm going to start with the rivalry. First, presently, there is no rivalry. Dodgers are heads and tails above us in talent on the field, and in the farm system. And we don't we we can't even stack up to the Dodgers in regards to that. I am very jealous of Rob's. I know I know we were saying about since 2013. But you know, they their farm system allows them to get some key free agents. Freddie Freeman, they trade for Mookie Betts. Um we 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 don't have that. So as far as the rivalry right now, uh, I wish I could say it really was. I I watched the games between them. Had Giants win a few games here and there, but uh the, the Dodgers are are way above the Giants as far as talent on. I
0: mean, the Dodgers. Well, I will. I will counter this to uh, the let you know. Two years ago, from a postseason perspective, you guys did play each other, um, which may have been an anomaly. However, you you are still only two years removed from the most important Dodgers-Giants series in a very long time?
2: You know, it was a very important series. You know, looking back now, you said an anomaly. I would very much say so. I think if it took the last two years, that's more more or less what the Giants are about. And they need, a, they need either the, the rookies that they brought up this year to come through or they need to really do a bang-up job in free agency and trades this winter. Otherwise, uh, Mr. Zaidi will be out of a job. And the fan base is diminishing. And I'm a fan. You know, I am a sick fan since 1969. This isn't me talking out of my rear end. I watch every game. And, you know, Robert, no, you know, we pick up Dodgers, Ross Stripling. Robert, do you know how many games Ross Stripling won this year?
1: Three. <laughs> Maybe.
2: Zero. Oh, zero. <laughs> twelve point five million dollars for no wins. I Can don't I... want to hear about you, you. You shouldn't count pitchers' victories anymore. When you pay twelve point right. five million dollars, you can't have zero wins. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's zero? No, like uh, no. Okay, the 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 bottom line is that even if you're the Jacob de Grams of of uh, the world when they're on the mound to throw some shade, which I, to, to really sidestep it real quick, I, I think it, I would find it hysterical if Texas finally wins a world series, but both Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer had little to do with it, Uh even though he's pitching tonight and I actually <laughs> should put on the game. But anyway, um so, so what were the I other want- two,
2: what were the other two inquiries you had? Me? That was the rivalry. There were two other ones.
0: Um, Well, real quick, just before I I, uh, refresh the question, I want to point out to the audience that what's really unique as well as as similar about our two guests uh, who are on opposite sides of a rivalry are that they're both uh, fans who were not raised in the city that the teams are currently residing in. And, uh, uh, Gary, uh, you are from Long Island, and, of course... Rob, you were from Illinois, and your you you know your other big Illini uh, uh, that's part of your your Twitter account um, is your combination of Illini and Dodgers. So, uh, um, just wanted to, to you know I I, I think it's very an uh, in, in interesting context when listening to how passionate you both are because you're both watching from a different time zone. Very true. So, Gary, um, it was about the rivalry, but it was just also about the overall season. But I, I think you kind of covered it in many ways. But the no, 2023 actually, San that... Francisco Giants and uh, your opinion. And again, you kind of covered it in terms of your opinion of the Dodgers.
2: My opinion of the Dodgers, I said that they are built around the farm system uh, and, 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 you know, getting some key free agents. One thing I will say about the Dodgers in a negative way and I think Rob will agree I mean the years the Dodgers had superior pitching and you know when I saw Lance Lynn the other night mediocre I mean, he's not a guy to put on the mound for the Dodgers you know I I, I, I was brought up with Don Sutton Claude Osteen you know only throughout the years all, all of these Fernando Valenzuela and you know I know giant fans don't like the dodgers vice versa i I actually feel horrible for Clayton Kershaw class act fabulous pitcher i I feel terrible for him to me he's classy I don't hate him he he's you know he he goes out there and gives it all and you know I, David Peralta sitting there dancing and on his shoulder nine nothing Arizona yeah. I don't want to hear. Oh, anytime Freddie Freeman got a double, they're all dancing and shaking their butts. Do you know how bad optics look, that was? Nine-nothing and he's dancing. Shame on him. I, I,
1: I can't disagree with you. I mean, you're, you're spot on. And I go the same way when you talk about people that you respect in the Giants. I mean, Will, I think Willie Mays is one of my favorite players of all time, and he always played for the other guys. So go back to what you're saying about, about the optics and everything. It, of course, it's bad optics. They're getting they're getting their 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 behinds waxed, and yeah, you don't do your dance. You do the dance when you're up. When you're up, nine zip. You dip. You don't do your dance when you're down nine zip. So, but I want to just you know, it's just just a little sidebar. I was out of the country last week. I was in Montreal, visiting our daughter who's in college up there. And MLB doesn't let me watch the games up there, even though I'm 40 miles from the U.S. border. They black me out. Her cable doesn't get it, so. I didn't watch it, so maybe it didn't happen. Maybe, maybe their series starts tomorrow.
2: And <laughs> Sam, as far as the season goes, to, to have two guys pitching and three openers, look, I guess I'm an old guy, but whatever the case may be, to me it's showing you do not have enough talent if you're only starting two guys. You know, Alex Cobb and Logan Webb. And then every 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 three days a bullpen game. I mean, the pl- the platooning at just about every position. The uh, oh, it's the third inning. The other team is switching pitchers. We got a pinch hit. Uh, I you know that's why the giant fan base is disgusted of what's going on. Uh, you know, I totally understand analytics. I don't like a lot of it, but they, it should be part of the game. There's some good good things. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm watching Bruce Bochy leave the pitcher in. And, and if it was on the Giants, the pitcher would have came out the other night. Uh, Nate, Nate Evaldi. You know, the bases were loaded. He wound up striking out the two next guys and got, and got you know, the last out. Um, this is a huge offseason for the Giants. Um, I didn't think they were going to be – I thought they – I, I thought they'd win, like, I think I wrote down 77 wins. Why? They they didn't sign Judge, which you knew they wouldn't. Correa, that deal fell through. Uh, so they, they signed, like, six guys, and one worse than the other. Not one of the guys they signed was worth anything close to what they paid for them. You know, and uh, your guy from the Mets, Michael Conforto, may, I hope he opts out. Let him sign back with the Mets. Uh, you know to pay somebody 18.5 million to hit two, 240 not play a good right field <laughs> you know it's that you know so uh, it sounds like not... you have
0: the same problems that uh the Mets had with him as much as mm-hmm. like you I, so, I still how do you, how do you fun- so and it is funny it is funny from like this perspective is that you have three of our retreats who uh you can uh, have some fans stand, every time. So ones. many. T- so red. Right. So which one do you want to keep? Wilma Flores
2: is a professional. Player. Yeah, I, I just don't Flores want. Him, I don't want him. Player. I don't want him starting. He's a, he's a terrific bench player. When he's your best player, but he, you, can, player.
0: you can give him. You can give him four hundred to five hundred at bats on the bench. You could even have him as the designated hitter. The designated hitter was made I for Wilma Flores.
2: I have. I have no issue with that. And another guy, Rob hat Rob had Jock Peterson. How you could pay somebody nineteen point five million dollars to be a platoon DH? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta
0: explain that to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, well that's just the way that's the way it works these days. No, really it's not no not, it, not, yeah. not you know in baseball though, it's just like
2: like you can if I paid somebody twenty million dollars you got a Vogelback back problem to show to show up half of the time
0: maybe he's got well, a google back up. Was only just he's not playing minutes. the whole yet. <laughs> so okay so so here's where I'll I'll go um you know it is pretty remarkable so it's 2023 and you probably you both probably know the math better than I um I don't want to say 1883 because the Dodgers were in the American association. So this rivalry I think has really been going on now for 133 years. Um, other 90. than some college rivalries, you know, and and, and this one's especially unique because it, it spans both coasts. Um, other than some college rivalries, probably from football, just because, you know, I know that, the Rutgers program has been around since like, I think the 1870s, 1880s when it comes to football, something crazy like that. So uh, obviously there's probably some rivalry within college ranks that is as old as this one, but professionally speaking, can you guys think of an older rivalry? I don't think there is.
1: I will go back to the original, the original NL teams. You know, you got the Cubs, you got the, philadelphia you got uh the dodgers you can go sorry go to 1890 when the dodgers joined
0: the nl so, I, I guess i guess like it seems as if the dodgers and the giants rivalry spanning both coasts has more weight and at least press than any of the the you know midiest midiest <laughs> excuse me woof boy uh freudian slip there uh, the Midwestern rivalries that you you speak of, you know, like you're talking about maybe like Cubs the Cardinals? Pirates and the yeah. Cubs Cardinals. Cubs are Cardinals.
2: Probably as old. Yeah. Well, you know, here in New York, Sam, everybody talks like the greatest rivalry is the Red Sox and the
0: Oh, that's only been going on right.
1: since one next- Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and in a weird, like, you know, Baltimore and Boston first and then New York. Yeah, with the exactly. Highlanders, because they're yeah. at Hilltop Park. Yeah.
2: Um, hey, Sam, could so... I ask Rob a, a rivalry question? Yeah, please. So, Rob, when I look at the schedule, and I want you to be honest with me here, when I look at the schedule and I see the Giants playing the Dodgers, I'm like, hopefully we could win one. You cannot uh, – when you see the Giants on your schedule, you honestly think they're going to beat your team. The last year, honestly, obviously, twenty ones is the
1: misnomer. When you guys smoked everybody and you won one hundred and what six, one hundred seven, um, because that
2: number is going to live on forever. Whenever they say anything's wrong, hey, we won one hundred seven games in twenty twenty one. Hey, you know what? You won
1: three in the tens too, which is still the most prolific franchise in the tens. And that's unbelievable. unbelievable.
0: I'm jealous? That's jealous.
1: I'm je- That's crazy. So,
0: so, so let me let me cut in there. Um, Rob uh, as well as Gary Um, in terms of that context that the last one the Dodgers won was 1988 and regardless of whatever's going on with you guys right now Gary you just won three since they won one it's the same thing like the Red Sox they don't really care that the Mets won one against them even though it wasn't a rivalry but like it doesn't matter anymore because since the Mets won one, the Red Sox won five. You know, so like things of that nature. And since and, and the Yankees have only won one since the Red Sox won five,
2: right? Sam, believe it or not, because of the three, I take it may not sound like it tonight because I, I'm probably coming off as some bitter Giant fan. I could deal with not winning every year. Just the last few years with this constant platooning, and and it just is very, very hard to watch to not have any, you know, to not have one player who puts fear into another team. This is a, uh, you know, a top, uh, top notch organization. And it's just the money's not being spent wisely. I mean, our farm system took five years to produce the first player this year and you never know what happens with these guys. I hope two or three of them turn out to be, you know, exceptional players. But they got to be surrounded by better ball players, which they haven't been.
1: Rob, what do you think? Well, I want to
2: back up a little bit. Are
1: you not counting 2020? Hmm. Hmm. Because I really <laughs> think – I think
0: 2020 was really hard. Can I just say – What was, What? Go ahead. Can, go I, ahead can I just say, I get your angle. And I think there's always the argument that everybody was in the same position and you guys, I, I um, however, you could also say that it was made for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like not, 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 you know, it was just like, perfect. Okay. We don't have to go 160, 100, 180 games mm-hmm. great, or whatever it ends up being. I, I can't do my math. So, um, it, so so, I guess it's like I'm playing devil's advocate at the same time. But uh, yes, it, it it it's certainly one of the mo- most unique baseball experiences from a player perspective anybody has ever experienced yes. as 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 a member of this this uh, league. It, um, it's it's a tough one because it's the Wilpons last year, and guess what? They all they shat the bed. Pardon my French. <laughs> worse, worse than you guys, right? Like that could have been made perfectly, considering the way the Mets generally play at certain periods of the of the year. Perfectly made for a Mets season as well, and they didn't do well. So when I I think of the way I judge the Mets season, it kind of like you have you you have to then the Dodgers season in that context as well, I think. And um, I will also say this, however, I didn't watch one playoff game. Really? There's nothing else? So, yeah. I didn't tune in to any of the playoff games. I don't know why. I can't remember what the the reasoning was. It's just, I didn't really ever watch a game. And I, I, I'm trying to get this thing going, and, and it's not doing it oh there we go finally it's signed in so i can watch this rangers game but like other seasons i'm watching this and and of course houston has you know what's really funny about this is when i was trying to get this thing going and it wasn't signing in it was 0-0 and scherzer's on the mat. and now i come back and it's 3-0 houston which oh. i assume means scherzer did what he's been doing all season. Yep, here it is, which is give up. Oh no, that was a hit. That was a hit. Did anybody else see this? Does anybody no, no, else no. have this on no. in the background? No. Well, it's 3-nothing Houston. Uh Scherzer coming back first. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's the bottom of the second right now. Houston's pitching and uh it's 3-nothing Houston. So, I'm watching it now. I've been watching it this year. I didn't watch I don't I I can't – I don't have any recollection of actually watching a game, and maybe I tuned in, but, yeah. So, it's a strange year, and it will be forever debated,
1: for sure. Oh, of course it will. Everybody's like, oh, you see I'm like No, oh, it's Mickey Mouse ring. No, it's not. I, the way I look at it is, with everything that was going on in the world, the fact that they had to stay focused, the fact that they had to win more postseason games than any team to date had ever won, and the fact that they were quarantined, the fact that it was just so bizarre what was going on in the world, I I think it's legit, and and uh, and I'll and I'll always I'll always uh, defend it.
0: And I'll I'll also say this, and then I'll ask Gary. Um, it it is interesting that it was two teams that have kind of been great for a long time, had sustained success, who made it to the World Series. Meaning that both, it, it, whether it had been the Rays or the Dodgers winning, both would have been a little tainted because it it was the the first World Series, quote unquote. Um, and and I guess I guess yes, I I will say Rob, that was a misnomer to say the first. You know, you haven't won since 1988, so oh, I good. do apologize. That's why, I apologize. why I'm God. <laughs> Uh, oh, good, so, dude. so Gary, you know, from your perspective of that 2020 season as a Giants fan and seeing the Dodgers win one, what is what? Where, where do you come in?
2: Honestly, didn't really affect me. I know Giants fans who hate the Dodgers said the only what time they could win is in a in an abbreviated season. Um, sixty. You know, the Giants this year on July 18th, were one and a half games behind the Dodgers and in the top wildcard team. Then they proceeded to go in the tank. They were 6-28 and 28 in their last 34 um, away games. So 60 games, you know, and that's when the Giants were, were playing well. They were maybe 80-something games. So you're talking about maybe 20 more games. If you add 20 more games to the 60. Maybe the Dodgers aren't as, uh, you know, as good as they were. Maybe they're better. I don't know. But, I, you know, talk about an asterisk, I, I would put an asterisk on there. But they did win. Everybody had the same rules. So, um, if the Giants would have won,
0: I would have been probably celebrating. But is what it is. So, Rob, I'll, I'll ask you this, though. Um, is it interesting that you won – Nineteen eighty-one and twenty twenty. As, just as two abbreviated, abbreviated seasons. seasons, yeah.
1: Well, I'll go back to eighty-one too, and there's another round of playoffs. And in eighty-one, the Dodgers won more postseason games than any team to date. So i'll I'll, I'll go to I'll climb that hill and and go to and preach on that hill forever.
0: I really will. Gary, is there something to the fact that, like, retrospectively, with nineteen eighty-one? We don't really view that in a, in a tainted manner. We view it as the Dodgers avenging their losses to the Yankees in '77 and '78.
2: You, you could view it as that if you like. Yes, you know it's a split season, and you know I didn't until you said that I didn't even realize where you're coming from. But that that's Rob. I guess you should be really happy about '88. <laughs> About eighty one. Oh yeah, no eighty eight. No Oh yeah, one can claim. No one can Nobody. Nobody could bitch it. It's my language. Nobody could. Uh, could come down on you for eighty eight. Only wh- the best moment in perhaps
0: postseason history. Ah, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, it is. It is a great moment, but, but, like, that's a that's that that's a crazy hill to die on, though. <laughs> I, I get it, it's I, Kurt Gibson. It's it's very iconic, but greatest <laughs> postseason? A bad? Come post on, season, three, post season, postseason. Yeah, oh, well, I said. I, I mean, said, you could even season. argue Louis Gonzalez. Yeah, the Arizona. Is that, like, like they, yeah, but they beat, they beat, really, they beat the, the, beat di- the dynasty. <laughs> they took down the dynasty. Yeah, the Yankees just... didn't win, recover until '09 after that. Oh thoughts of like, There's some there's some <laughs> there's some interesting there's some interesting um you know thought processes when it comes to, to comes comes to greatest postseason moment, especially when you're talking about Bill Mazeroski, if you will. You know what I mean?
1: It yeah, was hob hobbled. It was this one event of the entire series. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to play, he wasn't
0: he didn't come out for the pregame warm-ups. He was I'm not he, even saying whether I'm not even like taking sides. I'm just throwing postseason you're just, you're just, just throwing postseason you're, stuff out there. You're even the pot, like, I and, I, and I haven't even and I haven't even mentioned Bill Buckner. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> the, poor guy. And and your guy says, your guy says, behind the bag, and he does. It gets past Buckner. Here comes night, and the Mets win it
1: a very good that's a very good vin it is thank you you let the crowd speak for about two minutes which is what he was
0: if picture if one picture tells a thousand words Mm -hmm. you have just seen a million
1: yeah i mean i'm I'm just a poet a poet
0: so gary where, where are you on that
2: uh first i don't know if you consider the thompson home run postseason uh, it certainly was yes. playoffs. So uh, I will, I will call it. I will call it. Okay, so that's got to be the most iconic moment, if not that, Mazurowski. <laughs> as far as, as far as Gibson goes, probably the most, I would say, emotional moment from a guy who looks like he can't even walk, hitting that home run. But uh, I think your example and the one I gave about Thompson are, are, are definitely uh, considered to be greater
0: postseason moments. I will actually, I will actually put the shoe polish play in for uh, inspection. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. <Cleon> Jones, right? <laughs> Leon. Jones. Well, well, it really, Gil. Uh, yeah, really Gil, Gil, Gil there, right, right, right. Really, Gil, just being like, well, what's the shoe polish?" What's, what's By the way, that?
2: Sam, isn't this nice how Rob and I are getting along? See, giant fans. Yes, it, awesome. it is. It and I awesome.
0: didn't even mention about Bobby Thompson. I may have known what pitch was coming. Ah, we'll leave that. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press the reset button as Max Scherzer takes a pitch uh, to Jose Altuve, uh, sends a pitch to Jose Altuve, excuse me. Uh, I'm going to press the reset button that you're listening to the Bedford & Sullivan podcast, and because I led with Rob, I will lead with Gary Mintz of the New York Giants Preservation Society for his shameless plug.
2: Oh, that, that's very nice, Ethan. So we are the New York Giants Preservation Society a uh, great bunch of men and women uh, who honor the past. Uh, many of the members are still Giant fans. I, like you said at the beginning, I the Giants had moved by the time I started following the Giants. My dad was a uh, New York Giant fan. Followed them when they moved to San Francisco, like many other Giant fans who still honor the black and orange day because of Willie Mays. Um, We used to have live meetings at the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse and later Affinities in New York, maybe three or four times a year. Um, Since COVID, we've gone virtual, and that's maybe one good thing that came out of COVID. We've been able to accrue many more members who who come on our Zooms. We have three or four a month now, and we get top-notch speakers, both from Uh, The New York perspective, when they played here in New York, and we try to get some San Francisco uh, people as well, because the the fan base in our organization, 95% of them are still Giant fans. Many of the members are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they've learned how to Zoom. And when we don't have one, they get upset. And the only thing they don't know how to do is to mute themselves. Otherwise, these Zooms are fabulous. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to join us, they can email me at giantsguru at com. Great bunch of men and ladies. And uh, we, we have people from everywhere tuning in. Uh, Alaska, Hawaii, California, Arizona, Delaware, uh, Minnesota just all Arizona, all across the country. Very proud to be representing them
0: here. Uh, Rob, before I go to you, and uh, thank you, Gary. Uh, I I greatly appreciate that. And, that, and I, that is one of the things that I, I love about the uh, fan base as well as, as uh, what you do, is that there are Giants fans all over, and it says so much about, the impact the Giants left on the New York fan base. So I appreciate uh, you continuing this. I, I just have to say that, number one, uh, Tom Verducci just interviewed Jose Altuve in the dugout after his home run. Uh, I kid you not, just, what are they doing? Just take it back a notch, please. I don't need this. I we We don't need that. I'm an old man about it. I will continue being be an old man about it. That's not innovative. Like, you're doing things that you think we want, and then when they happen, we don't want it, and you don't adjust. And you just keep getting worse and worse. So, even though we're criticizing you, and it's out there in the public of us criticizing you of these in-game interviews. But anyway. Um, so, I will also say, as much as I would like Texas to win their first World Series this year, especially if they have to face the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I do kind of love the fact that Max Scherzer is not doing well right now because this is the pitcher he was all year for this team. And it's, it's not just for this team, excuse me, my team. And it's ironic he's wearing number 31. Which, of course, he could wear with the Dodgers because they never retired Mike Piazza, but we did. So he he obviously wasn't going to wear that with with us. But anyway, Rob Rob Barnes, Dodgers super fan from Illinois, your shameless plug.
1: All right, here we go. So first of all, I want to say too bad your your TV's muted, Sam. Maybe you could have heard the, the trash can banging before Jose Altuve at that homer. Ooh. Oh, I don't let stuff go, right? You know, I'm a bitter old man, you know? I I don't let stuff go. Okay, so my shameless plug. Here you go. It is
0: interesting. It is interesting because I did on the replays look at it and go. I mean, it's a high fastball. And I watched his trajectory to it. And it was just like, nah, I just, Matt, I was thinking. I was like, does he know it's coming? It's like, no, no, yep, yeah, I'm seeing it again right now. I'm seeing it again right now. No, Max Scherzer's just bad right now. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: pulling his best Lance Lynn impersonation, giving up home runs, yeah. yeah. So, Okay, so a little, 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 little bit of my backstory. Well, grow. Uh, grew up in Cubs territory in the Chicago suburbs. My mom was a huge Cub fan. They tried to make me a Cubs fan. About 1969, which I believe I heard Gary say at the same time he became, became a Giants fan, my dad was uh, changing careers. He was becoming a stockbroker in his class, in the class that he took was, was Dodger pitcher, Bill Singer. So they, they became friends. My dad was a couple years older than Bill, maybe, maybe five years old. My dad's, a, my dad played college football and stuff, JV ball, or whatever. And uh, they became friends. And every time the Dodgers would come to town, Bill would get us tickets. I got to meet Sutton. I got to meet Garvey. I got to meet Say after Singer was traded to the angels. Sutton was our ticket connection. I, for basically the entire 70s, we got tickets uh, behind the, the, the Cubs dug out, the Dodgers dug out at Ruger Field, got to meet these guys. Elsewhere. So, long story short, started reading about the history. Wait a minute, they used to be in Brooklyn. Holy cow, what the world is this? The Boys of Summer, perhaps the greatest piece of literature ever written. Uh, fell in love with that book, and I've been reading and absorbing Dodgers history ever since. I had the good fortune of, in the, in the late aughts, to attend two Dodgers fantasy camps at Vero beach before they moved to Camelback ranch. I wanted to do that. I got to meet guys like Duke Snyder, Carl Erskine, Clem Labine was my, one of my managers, Tommy Davis. uh, uh let's see Rick Monday. When you get to the LA side, the Brooklyn guys were simply amazing. The stories those guys told and only cemented my, my love of this franchise and their, and their plight that they, that that they that they survived and that the fact that they were so so struggled for so long they are so bad so bad they finally break the color barrier with with the incredible signing of jackie robinson they finally win the world series in 59 and two years later they're gone unbelievable story still blows me away to this day and then the story in la the the history in la i mean just i could go on forever it's just it's just an incredible story this franchise is simply amazing, and it is one of my passions to be to to study them in any way any way I can.
0: Fantastic! Well, I greatly appreciate you guys giving all that rundown, and, and uh, it, it's always you you have to go under the assumption that there's somebody out there that hasn't heard your story every time we have these podcasts. Thanks for listening to part one of the Bedford and Sullivan podcast rivalry episode. Stay tuned for part two coming very soon.